literally without all of their starters from last season, but the Sixers still find a way to win against the Sacramento Kings. Plus, we got a glimpse into what might work and what might not if the Sixers do engage in a trade with the Kings. And it is time for Hot Takes Thanksgiving Sixers edition. That is right now on Locked On Sixers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Sixers. I am your host, Serena Winters, former Sixers sideline reporter, serving up content to Sixers fans. And don't forget to follow, like, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Serena Winters. We truly appreciate you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms and We have great sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Now let's get into the show. The Sixers beat the Kings 102-94 in Sacramento. Tobias Harris sat this game with left hip soreness. Seth Curry sat with back stiffness. Danny Green is still out with a hamstring injury. Joel Embiid still in health and safety protocols. Ben Simmons, still Ben Simmons. Look, there were zero Sixers starters in tonight's starting lineup from last season. Zero. Tyrese Maxey was the only starter in the starting lineup from this season. I mean, the Sixers were out there tonight with a starting lineup of Tyrese Maxey, Furkan Korkmaz, Matisse Thibel, who was just in his second game back, George Nying, Andre Drummond. And they beat the Kings in Sacramento. I don't care that the Kings just fired their head coach. Nope. I don't care that there's turmoil in Sacramento. This was a damn good win. And let me start with this. I feel like we always start with the Tyrese Maxey talk on the pod. And we're going to get to him. But I want to spread the love around. Because Andre Drummond really deserved it tonight. They would not have won this game without him. He was so active on the boards. 23 rebounds. Offensive rebounds. Three blocks. Nine points. He was aggressive from the start. The Sixers would not have won this game without him. Shake Milton, really impressive minutes. Especially down the stretch when the Sixers needed it the most. I mean, at one point, you've got the Kings absolutely hounding Maxie at the end. Davion Mitchell was all over him. And that left Shake the opportunity to come through. And he did. He even gave the Sixers the lead down the stretch. And he played solid defense on Deer and Fox, too. Matisse Thibel. Man, was it good to see him have a great all-around game. Finished with 15 points, 3 steals, Even for him, he was active defensively. For all 32 minutes he played that game, you know the Kings felt his defensive presence. I mean, Buddy Heald sure did. Thibel was key to cooling him off, and Heald was hot. And Tyrese Maxey just continues to impress. 
He got pulled early, I think within five minutes for some quick fouls to start that game. But I don't know if I'm ever going to get over the speed that this kid has. I mean, his ability to get to the rim is incredible. And the best side effect of it is he forces the defense to cheat off their shooters because you've got to collapse on them. And that then spaces the floor even more and leaves shooters open. Of course, the shooter's got to knock down the shots. But that's huge. And shout out Maxi, who was a nominee for this week's Eastern Conference Player of the Week. That's pretty big time. Man, over his past seven games, listen to these stats. He's averaging 25.4 points per game, shooting 53.2%. 4.4 assists and just .6 turnovers. And he's averaging 36 and a half minutes a game. The kid has scored at least 20 points in six of his last seven games. Love talking about him. Well, coming up, we've got some good news on Joel Embiid. Plus, I'm not so sure how I feel about the Sixers engaging the Kings on a trade after tonight's game. But first, let me tell you about Shopify. I just love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. In case you don't know, Shopify is a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage a business. The subscription-based software allows anyone to set up an online store and sell their products. Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify POS, their point-of-sale app, and accompanying hardware. It allows you to gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA right now. Shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. We are free, available on all platforms. So normally, I wouldn't go into detail about what we saw from the opponent. But since the trade rumors have really swirled around the Kings and the Sixers, I got to admit, like I was looking forward to watching Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox, and even Buddy Heal tonight. I will admit, for me, it was mostly Halliburton just because, look, I have watched a lot of De'Aaron Fox and a lot of Buddy Heald over the years, so... I feel like I know what a team is getting with either of those players, but I hadn't watched as much Halliburton. But after talking with Kyle Newbeck of the Philly Voice the other day, he was on as a guest of the pod. If you didn't listen, go back and listen. He's got some really interesting stuff. And Halliburton's name came up a couple of times. And he mentioned him as the type of young guy that maybe the Sixers could potentially be open to. So because of that, I had my eye on him for most of the game. And I have to say, I just don't know that I saw it. I don't know that I saw the fit that I was hoping maybe to see. And I think just because, look, Tyrese Maxey is better than Halliburton is right now. And they're both second-year players. I mean, look, Halliburton is a great passer. 
He finished with an impressive nine assists, but he also had zero points on 0 for 5 shooting. I know he's got the potential. He's just 21 years old, and it's not like he's going 0 for every night. I mean, before he played the Sixers, he was averaging 12.9 points per game this season, and he was shooting well to start this year. But for me, unless you're getting him in addition to a De'Aaron Fox, then a deal for Ben Simmons, it would just be hard for me to be okay with that. But it would be really hard for me to imagine the Kings being okay with parting way with De'Aaron Fox and Halliburton. I mean, I doubt they are. That doesn't make a ton of sense for them. But I just, you know, sometimes you watch a game and you just feel it and you think to yourself, okay, I can see it. That guy can fit with Joel and can give the Sixers an extra boost. And I know that when we're talking about a guy like Halliburton, it's not going to be a guy that's going to be an immediate impact player necessarily right away. You know, you're also being sold on upside there. But I just got to say, I wasn't, I wasn't thrilled about it. But watching Buddy Heald tonight, I do have to tell you that it reminded me of what I honestly thought at some point last year, which is that, hey, he sure would fit in quite nicely alongside Joel Embiid. I mean, with that being said, he's not the all-star player that Daryl Morey says he's looking for. And I'll be honest, I don't love his contract for a player that comes off the bench in Sacramento. But at the end of the day, he's got one of the biggest assets in the NBA. Which is that he can just shoot the ball. And the Sixers need those guys to be able to space the floor for Joel Embiid. Speaking of Joel Embiid, we've got a little bit of an update for you. Doc Rivers told Rich Hoffman of The Athletic that Embiid has been working out at the practice facility in Camden, said that he passed one of the COVID tests and that he thinks he has another one at some point. Then they're going to decide what they want to do as far as Embiid's return date, but Rivers also added that the fact that he is working out again is huge. By the way, I don't know if this is related or not related, but... Embiid's trainer, Drew Hanlon, did post from the Sixers facility on his Instagram account. I believe that was on Monday. And he just posted a photo of being inside the Sixers facility with the title Unseen Hours. So maybe, maybe, maybe that means he was working out with Joel. I don't know that for sure. I'm just saying I was trying to put two and two together there. <laughs> The Sixers will host the Minnesota Timberwolves on Saturday. And then they will also host the Magic on Tuesday. So potentially one of those days for a Joel Embiid return. All right, coming up, it is Hot Takes with Kevin Kincaid of Crossing Broad. But first, let me tell you about Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. 
Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Look, don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Look, save time. Save money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They've got everything you could need. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Well, Thanksgiving is right around the corner, and I got such a kick out of reading Kevin Kincaid's Halloween hot takes on Crossing Broad last month that I literally just had to ask him if he would come on this week to deliver up his top Thanksgiving and Sixers hot takes. And lucky me, Kevin said yes. So joining me now is Kevin Kincaid from Crossing Broad. And I am ready for some hot takes. Can you give them to me? I can give you as many hot takes as you want. I'm just glad (laughs) that people are enjoying the column for real. You know, it started actually kind of as a satirical thing. And we were like coming up with goofy ideas. Like maybe we can do this, right? Because the hot take thing was was big on Twitter a couple of years ago. You know, Mm -hmm. so we're like, how can we... uh, out hot take the uh the hot takers right so it gets yes. started as like a little tongue-in-cheek uh whatever kind of thing and then a lot of people read it and i'm sitting here like oh maybe i got something here we can, you know, so <laughs> i now, think you do t- have something <laughs> <laughs> so 10 10 uh 10 columns later here we are all right i'll give you this one for thanksgiving um <clears throat> you know the sweet potatoes with the marshmallow on top of them you definitely do it's totally redundant you know you got something sweet already and you're putting something else sweet on top of it so wouldn't you just call that a dessert? I'm with you. Um, but I'll also tell you I'm flat out allergic to sweet potatoes. So <laughs> I don't even want them anywhere near me on Thanksgiving. So, so this, is a, this is an N slash A. It's a not a This is an NA for thing. me. Yeah, no yeah. sweet potatoes anywhere near me. I don't want that pile of sweet potato with marshmallow goodness on top. Give me the yeah. ice cream. Give me the pie. Give me whatever else. But I mean, I hear you on that. It is like a dessert. Do people normally eat it like served next to the turkey? Yeah, it comes as like, you know, cranberry stuffing, like, you know, green bean casserole, whatever they put the um, sweet potatoes with the marshmallow right on top of them, you know. And just for the record, I do enjoy it. The take was that they're redundant. So I don't want my mother-in-law or anybody to listen to this and think that I'm anti um, 
whatever ends up on my plate. It's more about the <laughs> specifically redundant factor here. I am going to make sure to send this straight to your mother-in-law. All right, give me another one. <laughs> yeah, uh, let me see. Uh, stuffing is basically just salad croutons in a different consistency. <laughs> okay, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah. with you on that one. Yeah, sometimes it's good. I mean, you can you can spice it up and soup it up and put different things in there, but really the essence of stuffing is the breaded part of it, you know. So really if if you have to if you have to like put all this extra stuff in it, then the the base ingredient really is not worth your time, right? Yeah, and then also though, to me, like is the stuffing in the bird or out of the bird? The in the bird stuffing oh. thing, it's just awkward to me. There's just something that grosses me out of that. I know you'd have to do another whole full 30-minute podcast just for for that. Um True discussion and stuff yeah that will evoke strong responses on either side of the, <laughs> i need to know that. what the people think stuffing yeah. in the turkey or out of the turkey you find me on twitter and tell me all right serve me up some more uh well speaking of serving if you're not serving mac and cheese it's not thanksgiving what first yeah. of all love mac and cheese mm-hmm. i think it's absolutely delicious but I do not equate Thanksgiving with mac and cheese. Well, you're a, a West Coast woman, correct? <laughs> I <So> am. <laughs> maybe it's an East Coast thing. I came from a very standard suburban white Philadelphia family. Maybe the Stouffer's uh, mac and cheese was our thing. I'm not sure. You guys eat a lot more healthier out there. No, I mean, so, we were uh, eating the Kraft mac and cheese. It's just like, to me, oh. Thanksgiving <laughs> is like, it just mac and cheese is delicious, by the way. Serve it at any meal. But yeah, I just don't I equate it, it with Thanksgiving. No, I think it was sort of like a neutral addition because like everybody likes it. So it was like, you know, if you have questionable takes about the sweet potatoes or the green beans or the whatever, it's like, oh, well, this pleases everybody. So it's a safe, a safe addition to the palate, if you will. Okay, I hear you. Give me some more. New federal law, uh, no retail on Thanksgiving, no lining up for Black Friday until 8 a.m. of the actual day. Okay. And look, here's the thing. It's like, Honestly, Serena, like you go to these like Thanksgiving gatherings and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, you got people leaving at like seven o'clock and it's like, oh, I got to go like get in line at Best Buy so I can get my TV the next day. Like Thanksgiving is supposed to be about family. Like, that's I why feel we're, you. All, we're all here. But I have to ask <laughs> you now, since you're on this Black Friday thing, have you ever lined up crazy early for a Black Friday sale? And if so, what was it for? I have not. I never okay. have. The only thing that I've, I've kind of like the, my only foray into that, it's like, you know, like a good, like cyber Monday deal. You know, if you're trying to get on the web and get, get a bunch of like, li- like something that's limited or whatever, then that for sure. But I, I sit here and think to myself, I'm like, is there anything on the planet that's worth me freezing my butt off at 12 midnight for and setting up a tent outside of the target in like Conchahokan or something. I cannot think of any one thing that would be that important. So you got to draw a line of uh, demarcation here. Thanksgiving is about family. Black Friday is when the shopping starts. You can't have one bleed into the other. I hear you, but I'm going to quick side note. I'm going to embarrass myself here. The one time that I did this was probably about 20 years ago. So I'm dating myself. I was young. I was very young. And with my best friend from middle school, And her dad took us at three o'clock in the morning to line up at (laughs) Office Depot, (laughs) Office Depot for the Black Friday sale where we could get, I will never forget, a free thing of 100 empty CD cases because at that time burning CDs was a thing. And so we'd burn CDs for each other and put them in these empty CD cases. And I kid you not, I swear those CD cases 20 years later are probably still at my mom's house somewhere never got used. But we lined up in the freezing cold at 3 a.m. at Office Depot. I'm not proud of it, but I just thought I would share. 
with no, you, you should be so proud. Sharing of now, the, hot takes. The, the question is, are, were you a Napster person, a LimeWire downloader or Kazaa? I think was the other one. Mm -hmm. I, I had a friend do it for me. I just gave him a list of songs and then he would bring me his mixtape. So you and I are the same. I was a go over to my best friend's house, use her computer to use Napster and LimeWire to download it so that I would yeah. not be the one to get the viruses. <laughs> <laughs> so you outsource it to somebody else and it... Uh, your liability is much less than it. Man, those yes. are the days that, yeah, they Weren't just don't they? understand them. I know they don't you get, get it, it on your phone. I know. They will get it. All right. So you got some Sixers hot takes for me this thing. I do. Yeah. This one's particularly spicy. Um, I think Brett Brown would have won the Hawks series last year. What? Why? I do. Um, I wasn't really convinced with the way that Doc approached the series. Um, you know, never really kind of explored his bench uh, to come up with a rotation. You know, he was running 10 guys still in game seven there. Um, you know, I think he was combative with the media in a way that was like ultimately detrimental with the Ben Simmons and the free throws thing. Hmm. Um, you know, a little defiant, like, yeah, we're going to leave him out there on the floor. And then two games later, he takes Ben off during free throws. And I just, you know, I think there was some of the, some stuff could have been fine tuned there. Some of the micro management in that game and, and looking at matchups and, you know, trying to get the right personnel out there. And, um, you know, I think, I, I think that when you go back and look at the 2019 Toronto series, the Brett coach, I think Brett and Nick nurse kind of canceled each other out. And I think they made all the proper adjustments and it was just sort of like, who's going to go out and win this game now. And, um, you know, I just think there was sort of like uh, a little bit lacking from that, where I think like the uh, the little minor details, I think Brett probably would have cleaned those up. And, uh, you know, Doc, for everything they did well from a motivational standpoint and kind of getting the most out of those guys last year and getting them to the number one seed. I just think his performance left a little bit to be desired in the playoffs. Hmm. Interesting. That's, that's a feisty one. The listeners out there, I want to know if you agree with Kevin Kincaid on that one. Let us know. All right. What else you got for me? Uh, number eight, the Sixers, um, I don't know if they need a ball handler back if we're looking at the uh, inevitable Ben Simmons trade here. You know, you can bring back a wing and you can bump Danny Green uh, down to the bench if you want. You could let Tyrese Maxey handle the ball. Um, you know, I think it had been a foregone conclusion right off the bat where it was like, hey, you got to get a perimeter ball handler, true point guard in here. Damian Lillard, you know, Bradley Beal, maybe one of the Cleveland guys is available, but um Tyrese Maxey has been pretty darn good this year. And, uh, I, you know, I can't say if he's going to be like the guy in the playoffs or whatever, but I think it's a lot more palatable to say, Hey, uh, you know, if we wanted to kind of branch out here and, and look at the guys that we'd be willing to take back for Ben, um, you could talk me into going for a wing or even a, a stretch four move Tobias to the three. Danny goes to the bench and let Tyrese be the point guard. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think because Tyrese has been really, really good this year, I think that gives you a little bit more flexibility in the way you approach, uh, you know, this trade, if we think it's going to happen. I'm with you on the first part of that, where watching this team play now with Maxi, I don't think the Sixers need a true point guard in a sense either. I mean, mm -hmm. no team really does to win a championship, right? You don't have to have that true point guard role. Yes. You need to have somebody who can handle and who has a little bit of vision, but you don't necessarily need that true point guard role. That's I where I, that. I agree with you as well there. You, you um, could because perimeter perimeter guys don't have to be point guards. You throw the ball to Kevin Durant exactly, uh, and, and let him ISO, you know? So I, yeah, you're, you're thinking is spot on with that. Because Maxi, he's not, a, at least right now, he's not a true point guard. Right. No, he's, still I mean, a com he's still a combo guard, which is the funny uh, thing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So he's, I mean, he's so much fun to watch. And like you said, he's a combo guard, but you can see as you're watching the game, like he doesn't have that it factor 
in terms of his vision and, Mm -hmm. you know, just that true point guard vision. But to your point, you don't have to have that on a team to win games. No, no. And that's, yeah, that's the thing. He's, he's at least playing well enough, Serena, that we're like asking the question. Sure. Where, whereas maybe two months ago, it wouldn't, no, people would have said you're crazy for even thinking of, of, of running it out that way, but maybe a wing. I don't know. It's, I, I don't feel, um, as crazy as maybe I would have <laughs> for, for even suggested that, you know? All right. You got a couple more for me. Yeah. I'll give you one. Um, playing in Philadelphia is not hard. Um, it's actually very easy. I'm and, with you. Um, yeah. I mean, look, you lived it. I mean, yeah. you were here and you saw, you know, the, the front end of the, of the Markel faults, um, you know, return to the floor, Ben Simmons, um, where I, I think the default, I, I think while it is true that Philly can be tough, Um, If you're not holding up your end of the bargain, you have to go through a phase where the default behavior is unconditional support. You know, you Mm -hmm. get drafted here. People are buying your Jersey before you even play a damn game. You know, you got people on Twitter who are making your profile, making your picture, their avatar, you know? So, you know, when you get that kind of like, that's the thing with Philadelphia and extremes when you're out of favor, you're really out of favor, but when you're in favor, you're really in favor, you know, so the ebbs and flows of it go much higher and lower than other markets, I think. And, Ben got a ton of support year number one. Markel got a ton of support year number one. And the only reason they fell out of favor is just because they weren't holding up their end of the bargain or, or making the necessary strides that they had to. So I don't buy for a second when people say Philadelphia is a tough place to play. It's more passionate. I think when you're in, you're in. When you're out, you're out. But uh, the default is that you're in. So Sure. All right. Before I let you go, I'm going to give you three hot takes of my own because I oh, feel great. like I had to contribute. Okay. All right. Yeah. So yeah. number one for me, Turkey on Thanksgiving overrated yeah. who the heck is looking forward to the turkey <laughs> on thanksgiving no and you, know what, you know what kind of proves your point here this is the way that i would look at it the other 364 days of the year how many times do you find yourself saying man i can't wait for turkey never no never <laughs> no. okay i'm i'm just glad you're with me on this one i agree glad you're with me <laughs> yeah. my second thanksgiving hot take and then i'll give you my last sixers one is okay. I pass on the cranberry sauce, relish, jelly, jello, whatever the crap is called every time. <laughs> why, why are we putting some, why are we opening up a can of cranberry crap and then putting it on our plate next to our delicious mac and cheese, as an example? I agree. Like, I don't where did this get, become a thing? I don't get it. It's just sort of there. Um, yes. it, it doesn't really serve a purpose. I think you just put it there to put it there, but nobody has ever really had the the uh, wherewithal to sort of step up and say, why do we do this? Right. You know? Yes. Yeah. It's yes. tradition, but why is it tradition? Yes. <laughs> and my last hot take for you on the Sixer side of things is I am ready for a new nickname for George Niang. Minivan, just not doing it for me anymore. And big reason for that is, look, the nickname came when he was in Utah and he was the minivan to Mitchell's Ferrari and... I'm just ready for a new nickname. What do you think? Yes, I agree with that. And I also, I can't remember who it was for some reason, but somebody else drove a, a minivan. Um, Ooh, it wasn't Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler. Was yes, it Jimmy it was. Butler? Yeah, 100% okay. Right. Jimmy. Yeah, okay. Yep. <laughs> so you can't, you can't have, you know, if you, he, the, that nickname is already taken. Yeah. You know, let alone it being kind of old. So yeah, he does need, he's got, George Yang has kind of like an old man YMCA kind of yes. game. I feel, I feel like there's a, uh, 
a nickname that we can cull from that somehow. Mm-hmm. So maybe we throw that to the fans and maybe that'll yes. be the, uh, the throw Twitter it poll. to the fans, Twitter yeah. poll, new nicknames yeah. for George Niang. Well, Kevin, like yeah. thank you so much for joining us. You can follow Kevin on Twitter at Kevin underscore Kincaid, read his articles on crossingbroad.com. I know he's always got ones that entertain me. Like I said, I literally was laughing so hard at his Halloween hot takes. I was just like, I got to get him on the pod, do some Thanksgiving ones. Thanks for joining me, Kev. I appreciate it, Serena. It's good to see you back in the uh, 76ers ecosystem again, if you will. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sixers. Thanks for making Locked On Sixers your first listen every day. And if you're looking for some gambling insight, check out Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. We'll see you tomorrow.